Welcome back to the Stuttering Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, and today is Headline Monday after week four of the 2020 NFL season. It is October 5th, approximately 1.01 p.m. in the afternoon. Let's get straight into it. This was a bad week for the NFL. It quite simply was. We saw the first COVID-19 team outbreak with the Tennessee Titans, and Cam Newton and Jordan Tayamu, both on separate teams, both tested positive for the virus just a few days ago. Now, first and foremost, very, very thankful that no one on Minnesota tested positive, and very, very thankful that no other players on either the Chiefs nor Patriots tested positive. Very, very, very thankful for that. But this is a huge issue. There can be no other team outbreaks. This is very huge because what if this happens week 13 when there are no bye weeks for when there are no bye weeks for the teams to really like move their schedules around like the uh like kind of the Titans, Steelers and Ravens all did last over last week. It it may get to a point where in week 13, 14, 15 Let's just say the Texans or the Vikings are coming back and they're contending. They're making these great runs. And, uh, and let's say just all of the sudden they have five players test positive. Boom. Now what do they do? What do they, where do they go from there? That is a huge if. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Cam Newton, Jordan Tayamu, and whoever sparked the outbreak in Tennessee – Hopefully they just broke the protocols. Hopefully the protocols are good and the players were just kind of dumb and fucked up. Hopefully in this investigation, we learn that this was not beyond the protocols. Hopefully the players just broke them because, because if the players did not break protocol, that means that these protocols are not good and they're not reliable. They, they are not if this means that they did not break them. I hope that they broke them. Hopefully that this does not happen again, because if this happens later in the season, it could make or break a team's season. It could make or break a player's MVP season, potentially. And hopefully, hopefully this does not happen again. And hopefully the protocols are good enough for this not to happen. And the third and final, hopefully, the the players take this shit seriously. Hopefully. Now, let's get on to the games after, after that very negative note. Let's start off with the Chargers versus Buccaneers. The Chargers and Justin Herbert challenged Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a very close 38-31 Buccaneers win where the Buccaneers were down 24-14 at halftime. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were down at halftime by 10 points to a rookie. And this rookie lost his running back, Austin Eckler, a dude who you can always dump off to, a very reliable back. And they were losing to this team. The reason why was that the Chargers had two non-offensive touchdowns. They got that pick six. Once Brady turned it up, he threw five touchdowns. Tom Brady impressed the hell out of me. 
five touchdowns. I don't care if he beat, oh, oh, well, he beat a rookie. He beat the Chargers. Yeah, you know, that's not super impressive. But you throw five touchdowns as a 40-year-old man, you still have it. He still ha- he still has it, and he did not have Chris Godwin. Tom Brady impressed me a lot this week. He came back from behind after throwing a pick six. They won the game. Just Justin Herbert did also play really well. He threw 80%, which is incredible. Great, great for Justin Herbert. He did not have a running back to rely on, so he was forced to be the guy to throw it. And the one final stat that kind of shows why the Buccaneers won this game and completed that, I guess you can say, comeback was that they dominated time of possession. I think they ran 73 total plays, and the Chargers ran like 50. The Buccaneers dominated time of possession. Then when it mattered most, Justin Herbert, he threw a rookie interception. That's exactly what happened. The The, the Buccaneers are now 3-1. and one. I think they're A-OK. I just think they had a scare. I really do. I think they'll be just fine. They've they just had a scare this week. It'll be okay. Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns. They will continue to mesh and grow. My my key takeaways from this game is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're they are very good. Okay. It is okay that this game was close. It is okay that they did not blow out the Broncos last week. It is okay. Tom Brady can still throw for five touchdowns. They did not have Chris Godwin. And the defense can be fixed up. It is okay. Then the second thing I took away from this game for the Chargers side of things is that Keenan Allen looks really, 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 really good. He he has silenced his doubters. And uh, Justin Herbert killed it. Justin Herbert, they found their guy with, with Justin Herbert. Moving on to the second game. The Panthers beat the Arizona Cardinals, the Carolina Panthers, a team that I did not think would be good this season. I really did not. First-year head coach, first-year defensive coordinator, first-year offensive coordinator, Teddy Bridgewater, will he be able to step up? I don't know. Their their defense did not look good coming into this season. And now they're 2-2, and and they just beat the Arizona Cardinals, who looked very good to, to start off this season. How did it happen? Well, the Panthers' defense looked incredible. They had seven tackles for losses. They held Kyler Murray to 4.3 yards per completion and Kenyon Drake to 2.7 yards per carry and one forced fumble on Kyler Murray, may I add. The Panthers' defense looked really good. And Matt Rule is doing a fantastic coaching job. The Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson trio looked fantastic up against a good Arizona defense. They looked fantastic. Mike Davis was running with a chip on his shoulder. Once Christian McCaffrey comes back, if Matt Rule can get great two running back sets sets together, This is a very scary running back duo. Christian McCaffrey is already the best back that this league has. I think we all know that. There is no question. And Mike Davis is honestly very, very good. This is the first Panthers game I've watched this season. 
they looked very good. Okay, I don't expect them to keep this up. That's very hard to keep up, especially with a limited amount of talent. But their ability to hold a talented running back like Kenyon Drake, hold Kyler Murray, who is a very good quarterback, and be able to get to Kyler Murray to begin with, get to Kenyon Drake to begin with, their D-line, it may not be flashy, but it worked. It worked. And the and the Teddy Bridgewater, he may have thrown a pick, but overall, he looked good. That rushing touchdown, he looked good. I don't expect the Panthers to keep this up. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. But honestly, a headline to me is that the Panthers look good. And I'm not talking about the Cardinals as much because, well, as the dude who watched the game, the Cardinals could get nothing going on offense and their defense could not stop them. I think that this is more the Panthers playing great football than the Cardinals playing bad football. The, The Cardinals will be fine. I have no doubt about that. The Cardinals will be fine. They just couldn't get shit going. And the Panthers, I was shocked to see it. I was very shocked. My my key takeaway from this game is great for Matt Rule. He is proving a lot of people wrong, and the Cardinals will be just fine. Moving on to the Bills versus the Raiders. Now, I'm going to start this one just saying my takeaway, and that's the Bills are contenders this season. I kind of had doubts before. I had some doubts. They had the call last week, which I still do agree with, but they had to rely on the Rams messing up. They they won the first two weeks against Miami and New York, and I was like, okay, you beat Miami, you beat New York Jets, you beat the Rams when, you know, they honestly, the Rams could have won that game. Yeah, you know, I'm not fully in yet. That's That's how I was feeling. Going up against the Raiders, the Raiders are a legit team. They're good. My thought was, if they win this game, they are legit, and they're a contender. First off, MVP candidate Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, they looked great together. They looked fantastic, not to mention John Brown and Cole Beasley and Devin Singletary. Those are four really good weapons for Josh Allen to have. Singletary being their dual threat running back, very young, and he is shifty as hell. I like Devin Singletary a lot. Stephon Diggs was a great pickup, and it's paying dividends so early in their, I guess you can say, connection between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. It is week four, and this duo is already connecting so well. John Brown and Cole Beasley are great second and third options for any receiving core. The, the way this team was built, you get two you get two slot receivers in Measley Beasley, as Skip Bayless calls him, and John Brown, a guy who I really like, and you throw in a number one receiver that that the other team's top cornerback must be on at all times. First of all, it's going to be hard as hell to guard Stephon Diggs, no matter who you are. And let's just say Stephon Diggs is getting locked up. You have Singletary to throw to. You have John Brown to throw to. You have Cole Beasley to throw to. And they rotate tight ends, Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft. 
the way this offense is clicking, it honestly looks really, really, really good. And not to mention just their offense, but their defense looked fucking awesome. Josh Norman, a dude who finessed Washington, looked very good in his debut with the Bills. His 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 reunion with Sean McDermott. He forced a fumble on Darren Waller. Josh Norman looked very good. This entire Bills defense held held Josh Jacobs to I forgot how many yards, but it was not that many. The Raiders are a legit team too. Bills scored on all of their first half drives. Then in the second half, they forced two turnovers to set them apart from the Vegas Raiders. This team is legit and can challenge the likes of the Chiefs and the Ravens. I think they're the third best team in the AFC right now. Moving on to the Houston Texans who are now 0-4. I predicted they would win the game against the Vikings because I thought I could rely on Deshaun Watson versus the Minnesota passing defense opposed to Dalvin Cook against the Houston rushing defense. And I was wrong because as Deshaun Watson played well, it was in clutch time and he kind of choked a bit. It was a too little too late. Dalvin Cook obviously ran the ball very well. No one was I mean no one was thinking that he wouldn't. And Kirk Cousins honestly looked good. I wish I had the stats in front of me. But he 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 put up a Kirk Cousins stat line. He didn't throw the ball too much. He but let's talk about where Houston goes from here. Houston ha- does not have a good defense and they don't have a number 1 receiver. You think you think okay, well that can be fixed during the offseason. Well, they don't have a first round pick or a second round pick in next year's draft. Bill O'Brien, buddy. This is like this is the season for you. Like that, like, dude, like I'm in that belief system that that like this is the season for Bill O'Brien that makes or breaks him. Because we saw last season where he made the boneheaded move to make that fake punt during the divisional round versus the Chiefs to basically hand them the game. That was oh my gosh, that was what changed that game. Then you decide to pin it on DeAndre Hopkins and trade him. Which like, do you know what? If you can't pay him, trade him. But for David Johnson and a second, then you trade that second for Brandon Cooks? I just think that if Houston were to make a run, a late to make the playoffs, it would have to be a miracle. Like, do not get me wrong, I believe in Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is so good. He's a top 10 QB. But, With the talent that's around him, Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, and uh, Duke and David Johnson, those aren't bad weapons, but they're not anything special that can really take you to the playoffs unless you're in a trash division like the Eagles did last season. And well, the Colts look really good, and the Titans look good. Yeah, I'm sorry, Houston. I don't see y'all making the playoffs. I see the same thing happening next year without a first or a second. I think that this is just, you're going to be stuck in this little, just, just, I think Houston's going to be stuck in this seven and nine range for a while. 
And that really sucks because I like Deshaun Watson. They have their QB. And they have some pieces around them, but it's nothing substantial. And that's a recipe for disaster. Now, I'm done with my topics. Um, Just a few like smaller stories that I saw some mainstream news guys talking about. I mean, hell, I can throw my two cents in there. Um, The Browns versus Cowboys. How did the Browns drop 49 points on the Cowboys? Yeah, dude, the Cowboys defense is bad. And um, it was the same thing that happened just again. Um, The Cowboys gave up two turnovers pretty early, both fumbles. Then the Browns jumped big on them. Then Dak Prescott decided, hey, I'm pretty good at the whole football thing. Let me come back on them. Then he started to come back on him. Then he threw a late game pick. Yeah, you know, we already saw that happen. I don't want to talk about that game because I already talked about the Cowboys in two weeks. And it's the same thing just over and over again. Oh, Cowboys defense bad. Dak, Dak choke. Like, yeah, dude, we know. Then um, just the second one, Carson Wentz. Um, yeah, dude, I'm not impressed. I mean, I'm sorry that he has no one to throw it to. But the 49ers B team and beating out Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, yeah, dog. Round of applause. Woohoo, good job. You're one, two, and one. And the final one is what do the Jets do? They fire Adam Gase. Get him the hell up out of there. Now, now that I just did my three little stories that I didn't really want to talk about, we have the Monday Night Football preview. And due to COVID 19, the Patriots versus Chiefs has been moved to tonight at 7 p.m., which I would be hyped for. I would be hyped to watch this game if if Cam Newton didn't test positive. Why did it have to be Cam, man? And I couldn't have been like someone else. Cam has been honestly inspiring this, this season. The way that no team really wanted him, and the Patriots gave him a very small deal, then the fact that he's been able to just hoop like he has been hooping, I was very excited to watch him go against the best team, best quarterback, best player in the league, and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And then it had to be Cam Newton. Really? Come on. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's, it's fucking Brian Hoyer. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Chiefs win this game. And then moving on to the actual Monday night game, the actual one that was scheduled, that is the Falcons versus the Packers. Um, Just some headlines that I saw today. It's... Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley will play tonight, which is very exciting. We get to see those two. Now the Falcons have a fighting chance. And Devontae Adams will not play tonight. And that tweet he sent out this morning, that was very weird and out of character for Devontae Adams. The way that Devontae Adams tweeted what he tweeted today, it turns out he already deleted it, but I had a screenshot of it, buddy. He can't... You can't dodge the stuttering sports podcast guy. So what he tweeted out this morning at 940 was, Sorry fans and friends, I will not be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, my boys. That's concerning. That is very, very concerning. That's just weird. Like, like I don't expect Devontae Adams to, to like send that tweet. I could see a dude like Odell or AB sending out that tweet. But Devontae Adams sending that out, hope, 
hopefully there's no bad blood there between him and the team, like long-term bad blood, because I like Devontae Adams with, with Aaron Rodgers. I think they're a great duo. But now the Packers are out Devontae Adams and out Alan Lazard. And the Falcons got their guys back. So I think that this game will be close. I think that this game will be a close one now that now the injuries have played out the way that they've played out. But um yeah. Um I have to give it to the Packers. It's kind of a no-brainer. You say, okay, well the Packers defense can stop the Falcons offense and the Falcons defense can't stop the Packers offense. I I have to give it to the Packers during a kind of close one. So I have the Chiefs beating the Patriots because I'm sorry, but it's Brian Hoyer. And I have the Packers beating the Falcons during a closer game than I previously anticipated. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, share this with your friends. If you did not, share it with your friends. Tomorrow, I will have a fantasy podcast. It I plan on doing Trading Tuesday. So what I plan on doing is trading Tuesday tomorrow. I'll give fantasy trading advice. And then on Wednesday, I'll have waiver Wednesday. So yeah, that'll do it for me today. I hope you guys have a great day.